It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they return for Mea Culpa Day 2023 and discuss Tetris, Rollerball, Pet Cemetery, and more. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to uh, Speakeasy Mega Special, uh, where we finally, you know, talk to each other about just random stuff. Uh, and if you ever want us to talk about random stuff or have an argument with each other, uh, philosophical one, I mean, like the actual definition of an argument, feel free to comment or, you know, send us an email or tweet at this guy's Twitter account, and we'll, we'll do so to the best of our abilities. Yeah, it's all there down in the description, but yeah, yeah, hit us up. I'd love to hear from you. So, Caleb, here's here's something here. I got I got some stuff. I'm gonna I got some grievances I gotta air out, and I got some cancellations I have to make. Oh no, it's me. Oh no. Uh yeah. So I listened to a few weeks ago. You actually gave me a review of the our Justice League episodes that we had done uh, way back in 2020. Hmm. Um, and it inspired me to go back and listen to them. Uh, so I listened to them and I'm going to say that everything from episode one of the novice leaders to, I think when we did our speakeasy, like our first speakeasy or whenever I got, you know, this microphone, uh, I'm canceling myself. I'm, I'm canceling myself and throwing myself under a bus. Literally. Mm. Um, everything like that happened in those like in the, those first few years of us i'm canceling myself and calling it an old shame i am just a terrible person oh my gosh like, i am i am awful like i do not shut up i am ignorant i interrupt you i don't give you the floor to talk i'm mean to like all the people who work on television or movies that we talk about i am awful so it's an old shame. I shake my head at all those. So it's an old shame. Very much so. I, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I think that era ended... Let me see. I'm just going through our episode list here. I think the first... Where the hell is this? Oh, man. It's funny because I've also listened to the first two speakeasies. Or not the shooting the SHIT during lockdown, but I, I was listening to like speakeasy episode two and three. And man, you don't even have like your little, you have your intro, but you don't have the, here's what we'll be talking about tonight. So it's weird not hearing your voice and <laughs> that. But man, like, yeah, I, I, I like the early stuff like of that. I, still working on, you know, finding my voice now. I mean, I'm still like, I'm trying to improve. Yeah, even. Even that shooting the shit on lockdown episode, I remember thinking it was quite fun. You know, despite, you know, the way it turned out with when it came to um, me being on a phone. Yeah, I, I, I still think there was a lot of interesting conversation there. 
But no, I don't know if I'd, I, I don't, I wouldn't cancel either. There certainly was, and still remains through all of our podcasts that we do, a lot of talking over each other. It's just now I have the ability to edit that out so you don't notice. <laughs> this is true, especially during discussions and or speakeasies. Not commentaries, unfortunately. Oh no, I do it during commentaries. I move stuff around all over the place. You just wouldn't know. Ah, interesting. There you go. See the power of editing. That's subjective reality. Yeah, the, you know when we do commentaries, how every now and again we get like long spaces of not talking? Dead air. I use those abilities to move stuff around as much as I can. All those little bigger pockets give me a lot of free reign. <laughs> yeah, you just, I, I, I just sound like a, you'll never hear me say this again, and I just sound like a complete and utter asshole. Aww. Like in those first, like in those first few years, I just sound like an ignorant person. Like a closed-minded I'm trying to make myself like look good. I I want to like you know be the star uh, on the internet or anything like that. Like I just awful. It's, uh, it's uh, shake my head, man. Like it's it's embarrassing. Well, I agree with the last part that it it is embarrassing going back to those early years. I I tend to feel some of that for myself. I mainly get annoyed at how much I I used to just have this tick of just laughing a lot more than I do now, and I I hate that tick. I tried to. I always heard it when I was editing. I was like, God, why am I, why do I laugh so much? And I tried to get it out of there. <laughs> this isn't any fun for any listeners. I know this, this stuff is self-indulgent on our part. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not, I literally am not trying to suck my own dick here. I'm literally like trying to cut my own dick off and just like, you know, tear myself down because maybe I get off on it. No, I don't. But like, I'm, I'm just like trying to like keep myself in check here and just say like, I don't, if that's what people enjoy, fair enough, but like. I don't know, I just, I think I sound awful. Well, this is another mea culpa episode for us here. Every, every episode is a mea culpa. What are you talking about? <laughs> then I've got one of my own. All right, go ahead, say it. A little while ago, I, I tried to listen to one of our old Star Wars commentaries. Which one? Um, I, th- I think it may have been Attack of the Clone. Maybe, actually, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, whenever we did that. Whenever we recorded that Redux episode. Yep. And I was listening to it, and I was like, man, you know, because I was still watching a lot of YouTube commentators back then. So was I. And I feel like I was just buying their line of bullshit. And I've I've come to realize as the years have gone on that so many of those YouTube commentators are just there. How do I put it without sounding really like an asshole? Um, they don't know half of what they're talking about. They're going off of half-baked rumors that they state as facts, which I do in some of those commentaries, following along their lines of just ignorance. <laughs> they take little pieces of information and they balloon them and expand them and... Oh my goodness, I do the same thing. I think I do the exact same thing. And I get, I do the same thing with like those commentators. <laughs> and I, I was doing that during those original Star Wars discussions, just following suit of those people who I've now come to realize that they didn't really know what they were talking about. And yeah, every now and again I, I see things like that and I'm just like, ah, this this is why I stop paying attention to those people and this is why I just... This is why when I when we do these discussions, when we watch movies and stuff, I don't look at other people's reviews or reactions because I don't, I don't want to take anyone else's opinions. Agreed. When I talk about something, I want it to be just solely coming from myself. That's perfect. That's, that's all we should be doing, where it's just us and our... You know what we've what we've researched, what some of our personal feelings are, and they shouldn't be 
that's not to say you can't take other people's perspectives like Eric does, which is which is a good thing. But like, I think certain commentators will say the right things, and others will try to, you know, appeal to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, and I realized there was a lot of YouTube reactionaries that just their whole business model was was feeding into those people. And that's why I chose to to move away from a lot of those YouTube commentators. I could just see the the strain of them growing more and more and infecting people who I'd respected for many years. It just took me a while to realize that they'd become parasitic in that way. They had stopped giving me their real opinions. They were just giving me what they thought was going to get them views. A lot of people I unsubscribed to that I'd been subscribed to for so long because I realized that yeah, they weren't they weren't the real person anymore that I was seeing. Yeah, they've they've become a character. Like their their whole yeah. purpose in on the channel is to get views. Is to and and maybe they themselves aren't doing the research. Maybe other people are doing the research in place of them, or maybe they're not. Yeah, just following whatever headlines are are exploding. They'll make like a thirty minute breakdown of a headline kind of thing. <laughs> it's like oh fuck. And I'll leave it to the listener to decide whether that's like you know what in morality sake if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i don't exactly agree with that if i guess if you got to make money in a certain way you know that and then it works for you i guess yeah. more power to you to some degree but i i feel like those people created so much toxicity among fandoms and i'll be honest uh you know me and eric have been having some debates lately about kathleen kennedy the more i've looked into the real situation that happened on with her I feel like I owe her an apology for blaming her so much during those original commentaries. I probably do as well. There was so much that was out of her hands with Disney. And we've seen with Marvel, too. It's not just Lucasfilm that's infected. It's And Pixar, since that time, we, we didn't have the pandemic when we were recording those original ones uh, affecting movies in the same way that it has now. So I, I feel like the true insidious quality of Disney as a, as a parent company wasn't as apparent back then. Um, I mean, dude, Disney's, like, been corrupt since he, like, Walt founded it. <laughs> no, no. Like, that's kind of, like, since day one, it's been a problem. But in terms of the pressure they're putting on, I mean, Pixar for years had flourished under Disney. They just kept growing and growing, and, yeah, I think Disney was partially responsible for, you know, pushing them to make more sequels, which was kind of a negative. It's terrible. But it wasn't. It wasn't until the pandemic that we really saw how much they did not care about that studio. And now they just basically pushed them into a corner and it's like, okay, all your your work, you know, we're just going to take it and use it to promote our streaming service. Oh, boy. I wouldn't have expected that. In learning more about the pressure that Kathleen Kennedy was under with the, the sequel trilogy, I mean, yeah, we all complain about, oh, there was no plan. They didn't give her time to make a plan. They, she wanted more time to in the development stage of The Force Awakens. They refused to give it to her. She wanted more time to flesh out the, the final edit of that movie. They didn't give it to her. And the same thing for the next two. Those had their deadlines that they had to make. And that's partially why we have such rushed, incompleted projects. Because they had no ability to have flexibility to make them more polished. It was just get them out when Disney wants them out. And me and Eric keep debating this because I'm like, how you you keep putting the, the blame on her, but how is that in, in her hands? So, so I'm sure the next time the three of us talk, we'll inevitably get into Star Wars because it'll probably be Solo or something like that. So I'm sure it'll come up again. <laughs> I will definitely have to do my research on this because 
Sure. And and also like she while she was under the like you know pressure to get these sequels out the door, no pandemic was in sight during 2015, 17 or 19. Exactly. So and that's that's that was another thing that made me just turn on all those YouTube personalities is that information was out there that we all it was perfectly you know she talked about the you know the pressure to get it released in time i mean i just wasn't paying attention to the other side of the you know being sympathetic towards her and her situation with disney i was on the side of oh yeah she's you know she should have she should have had a plan coming into this now they didn't really give her much time to make a plan i still give her her knocks for you know allowing things like uh ryan johnson to just come in and throw things throw things away that way i still have frustrations with uh, the way that the rise of skywalker turned out but post those i mean i think that she's made a lot of great choices with who she picks to be involved with the continuing projects uh, particularly with something like rogue one which when they announced that or not rogue one <laughs> andor prequel which when they announced that there was going to be an andor spin-off series i immediately balked and i was like oh wow they're just looking for anything you rolled your eyes so hard when that was announced yep and eric every time we talk about this doesn't want to give her any credit he always wants to credit the creators of that program the writers and the developers and i always turn around and say kathleen kennedy isn't a writer or director she's a producer her job is to look at the projects pick the right people for projects and develop them and she picked the perfect people for andor and even I gotta give her credit for being one of the spearheads for Rogue One. I have issues, a lot of issues with that movie, but it ended up giving us one of the best things we've ever had in Star Wars, which is Andor, in my opinion. I'm sorry too. I can't believe I can't believe this man is saying that. I can't believe like Rogue One and at least best thing, obviously, you know, not in the same in the same sentence, but not the same thing though. Uh, are are in, are coming from this man's vocal cords and and brain. It's a producer's job to look for potential and to create the best environment that they can for that potential to grow into something. Flower, bloom, whatever you want to call it. Fertilize. Yeah, and despite the negativity that's directed towards her, she saw something there that I would have never imagined that there was potential. And yeah, I mean, there's there's no way not to not credit her for that, in my opinion, as a producer. Let me preface this before by saying Eric's not here, so I, I, I yes, <laughs> I'm not trying to knock him. Cannot I, I not even this is for what I'm about to say, but you, you, you can fully you know say this as well. <laughs> I, I cannot like say this enough, but I wonder if he has a thing with her being woke, even though I also probably am woke. But anyways. we'll have to ask him course that's it's just being the whole like because because him because her saying the force is female like uh, to to eric that definitely would be very woke <laughs> yeah and we'll yeah maybe next time we'll we'll get into this when he's here yeah i, I feel bad that i'm i keep mentioning this but it's it's relevant to the topic of course yeah we're in our, i'm not trying to throw him under the bus but i feel yeah. like again as soon as like it's a person who thinks that they're treading new ground uh, is like, look what has never been done before in history. That's when he's just like triggered. Uh, Eric does, excuse me. And that's fair. A lot of that stuff was irritating at the time. I mean, it's still going on though, isn't it? Like, wokeness still exists. Well, I just mean in terms of her using that kind of stuff to promote these these shows. I don't feel like you see her out there. I see. Okay, fair enough. As much as the face of Star Wars, I think she 
in response to a lot of that backlash has pulled away. That's a good thing. And do you think those rumors of her being, um, of, of her air quotes, don't worry. I just like, I'm reminded like either what you said or somebody else said, but like, um, slinging together this Ray sequel film. Mm. Uh, you think, do you think those rumors are true or not? Like of her, like this is her like last ditch effort before she gets the, the boot. Yeah, we discussed that in a, a previous bonus episode that, yeah, there was another slew of rumors that came out, who knows if it's true, that Kathleen Kennedy was told, hey, you need to have another Star Wars movie out by 2025. And then that came out in a few, like maybe a month or two later, it was announced, the race sequel film and like three other films. And it, it felt like, oh, this is weird timing that, yeah, apparently she's getting told that this is the deadline you have to meet again. And now are we going to get another rushed set of films? So I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Only time will tell. And I don't know where the truth is. That's the other thing. It's like, where is the truth in all of this? Who, like, what article, yeah. what what interview can we go to that's not chopped up to fit a narrative? Yeah. That where she can, like, where she has the truth. And, like, that's that's the other thing of, like, where, like, what is true anymore? Especially with, you know, the fact that we're recording this during a writer's strike over the fact that some movie studios or whoever wants, like, jokingly wants AI to write scripts. Like, where is the truth in all of this? There is no truth. The truth has never existed before. There There is no truth. There's only, like, what any person says now on the internet is true. We have to accept that. Hey, I'll, I'll say at least we say our truth. You know, if we if we disagree, we hash it out. But we never, uh, we're never just bullshitting. I think I am the most, like, bullcrapping person on the internet. Probably not, but still. Oh, come on. What? At least I'm the most bullcrapping person on this channel. Uh, g- give me an example. Let's, 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 mea culpa. Uh, you know, like, everything I just said that I'm cancelable for. Uh, canceling myself and, like, all, <laughs> like, you know, from the beginning. It's just, like, I'm a poser, man. I just, like want to look good on the internet i just want to like you know oh, pose on, and just on. be like oh look at my like look how famous i am it's just like <laughs> sure see this is weird you saying all this because i feel like you're not particularly different off air than you are on air so yeah i'm not really I feel like you're the same guy i that's the thing right i'm trying to not put on a performance exactly which i will say going back to those early that early batch, like 2016 to, I think 2018, I feel like once we started doing Swamp Thing, we finally found our rhythm, and we were more of ourselves. And maybe this is just rose-tinted glasses to not want to tie in those earlier ones, but I feel like in those first batch, we were trying hard to sound interesting on the mic or something. Because I feel like there's always a strained quality to those early, like, four of them we we didn't have a voice like we just i i tried anything to throw at the wall like i i and i'm sorry i've probably offended so many people over the years for that and if i i won't ask for forgiveness but i will apologize i will apologize for my behavior and all those and i mean that's not to say like, oh, does that mean you're going to apologize for anything you say now? I mean, I guess I could, but at the same time, it's like, no, the way I apologize is I can do better. And that's what I really hope to be doing. I don't know. I guess the the audience or the listeners is, is the ones to decide if I have like, you know, improved or if I have um, actually made a better 
bettered myself by by changing. I, I don't know, but I apologize if I ever hurt anybody from those commentaries because that's not the one thing you want to do. It's like you've had a hard day at work, you have stresses in life, and you do that by you know listening to a podcast to you know you know zone yourself out and just like you know escape just for just for a bit to like you know relieve some stress. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy complaining and stuff like that, and trying to act all like macho and stuff. <laughs> macho, get out of here with that! Like you know, toxic masculinity. When were you? Ma- I, I guess maybe some macho-ness came out in the Star Wars the Egg on Our Face podcast. I think you were threatening some violence there, but yeah. <laughs> but that's like it. I mean, I don't feel like you're putting on a macho persona or anything like that. I, f- I feel like I have an overinflated ego. Well, I always feel like you. I feel like you're more the opposite. I feel like you're more self-deprecating than anything. But well, I mean, hey, self-deprecating is the best kind of humor. Well, to a, to a point though, because then if it, then it might get old fast. Yeah, and sometimes it sometimes it is like that. Then it makes the other person feel like they have to say something. And yeah, it's just like what the heck can you say? Like just like yeah. awkward. I mean, you could join in with them and just like keep roasting, which is fun. But anyways. But I also apologize for yeah if I've offended anybody. I'm I know that I get quite drunk on a lot of these, and sometimes, especially on commentaries, I can't do that much to remove some of the stuff that I say. Every now and again, I even when I go back to some of my old episodes, I'm like, oh man, like fuck, why did I say that? Uh, especially, I'll say our original Clone Wars commentary for the 2008 film. Oh boy. Oh boy. That was a little infamous one. <laughs> Yeah, that one, whenever I go, I've gone back to that one, I think, twice. And each time I was like, oh, wow, there's there's some stuff that I said in that one that I wish I could take back. Some uh, potentially inappropriate things or something like that. And I got in, super drunk on that one, if my memory is correct. but Or maybe I didn't, I don't know. I, I can't remember when I started drinking on those. Uh, I think it was Rogue One or one of the, cause I, I'm all like the big apology comes from me because I was the one that was just kept pushing you. I kept enabling you to go down the alcoholic road of just like, yeah, sound drunk on, sound drunk on our recordings. Cause it'll sound funnier. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't even think I was drunk for that one. I think I was just, I think I was slap happy. I, we may have done that one three in a row because we, I think that was the day that we did Clone Wars volume two, Revenge of the Sith. And Star Wars: The yep. Clone Wars all yep. one day. Yep, you're absolutely right. That that is exactly what we did. Yeah, so I think I was just slap happy drunk, <laughs> if that makes sense. I think there also may have been some weed involved. Oh, maybe I don't know, but either way, yeah, that that's definitely one of the ones that I look back on with some embarrassment. Well, <laughs> I'm glad to be doing this sometimes. Yeah, it's it definitely uh... keeps us humble. So mea culpas. Here we go. Yeah, no. We'll never for not. When's the next volume of Miyakopas? Yeah, give it a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not a year. Give it like a few months. Yeah, usually the New Year specials. Your New Year specials usually get into that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I guess to, yeah, to give a little bit of a contrast to our more yeah, negative. Uh, is there any series lately or over the past? I guess whole run of this show. That you feel like you are proud of going back to anything that we've uh, yeah, done here. <laughs> That's a good question. I think some of the stuff I've... Well, I'm still unprofessional on the Suspiria one because my ignorance and my failing to realize we're doing the first Suspiria instead of the remake, that one definitely felt unprofessional of me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not the question I asked. But... Yeah, of course. Is there any series that I did enjoy making? Yeah, I guess individual episodes, yeah. 
I think I'm happy with the Fast and the Furious stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I feel like those have turned out quite well so far. Yeah, and I feel like this Star Wars Redux series as well um, has been going it's been going pretty good. I think uh, we got a good group dynamic, all, of, all five of us, I guess. <laughs> five. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like that's been pretty fun. That one just stresses you out, doesn't it? Uh, only the booking. Only the booking side of it is the stressful part. That's totally fair. Uh, given that you have to do all the work, like, you you are, like, the unsung hero of the, this channel. Like, you are literally <laughs> the, like, you know, the producer, the editor, everything of this channel. So, like, you deserve all the praise, man. I just come and show up and sound drunk and uneducated. Hey, no, like like you said, the you know you've been doing some booking lately too, in a way, scheduling I should say. Our two uh, major series that we've done in the past, I guess like eight months, James Cameron series and Fast and the Furious, where you're uh, you're spearheading there. Well, suggestions, but like you know, I I said, do you want to do them? Not we should do these. Although I may have been a little bit forceful on that, so I apologize. Hey, no apologies needed. I think they both worked out well. Oh, another one that I'm canceling uh, of myself. I know I should go off on this, but I cancel. I want to cancel and redo my Wicked City commentary. Oh, the original one? The original one was just crap. Like, all I did was just, like, copy and paste everything from the already existing Wicked City commentary that was provided with if you got the DVD or Blu-ray. And so I think that was just pretty unprofessional of me to just, like... Because I didn't know... I was... I was if you couldn't tell, I'm just going to say it. I was, I was nervous. I was super nervous and like, I didn't know what I was doing like back then. Cause usually Caleb would take point and I was just like, I'm just here for the ride. Like I'm just here to say stupid stuff and that's what happened. But this time uh, it was, it was pretty, yeah, I was, I was stressed out and I was like, what do I say? But now I feel like I can like hold a commentary. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I guess that would have been, yeah. One of the very early ones that you were doing that. Yep. There was that. There was uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Um, I feel like maybe the Sonic OVA had that as well. But yeah, that was about it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was also the three Halloween anime films. Not Halloween, but like spooky uh, anime films that I showed you. Uh, which was Wicked City, uh, the Ninja Gaiden 2 OVA, and then Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yes. But I think those ones came later, I think. I can't remember which one. Uh, no, no, they the both both no, all three of them were like shown kind of after or during your sea shanties of horror. Oh yeah, I forgot we were doing those at the same time. That's right. Because mm. I was inspired by they were kind of a slap job. I fully admit, like those the ones that I chose were a slap job. And really, if we do Wicked City again, I would love to have Johnny on because I want him to see all the nonsense that is that movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I guess we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's just what I want to do, but maybe I'll just do it with him instead. You don't have to join, because what else do you want to say about that film? Yeah, that's true. And I wouldn't mind. I, in fact, I would enjoy if you guys did an episode, just the two of you. I think that'd be great. I We need to. Trust me, I, I, I agree with that. That's something I would like to accomplish this year, if we can try. If the if the cards, stars, and multiverses align. <laughs> um, and I guess since you mentioned that Sea Shanties of Horror 1, that was me ex- experimenting too, and I, I do feel like I've screwed up a little bit on that series i should have been more consistent with because i think we did two commentaries and two um scene by scenes and they were scripted scene by scenes because that's what i was doing at the time with my doctor who podcast and i never quite got it right with the doctor who podcast and i did not 
quite get it right with those two scene by scenes. I feel like those are really stilted uh, readings by me. <laughs> and the, the commentary for Zombie 2 as well. I always wish that I could have gone back and fixed that one because I feel like it would, did not work super great as a commentary. I, I also, I haven't listened to those ones recently, so maybe I'll probably listen to them after after this and be like, oh, I wonder what, uh, I wonder what, what, what those ones are like because it has been a while since I've listened to them. Yeah, me too, actually. It's probably been like two years or, so, or longer since I listened to them. But uh, I will say, and I'll, maybe I'll cut this because it's spoilers, I don't know, but I am planning a Sea Shanties of Horror Part 2 for next Halloween. I don't think I can... I mean, there's that, and there's also, like, you know, Strange Animation Volume 2. <laughs> exactly. That's that's why I don't think I can manage it this year. I think Strange Animation 2 will have to be the, the one to come up next, but I do have at least two films booked for that uh, Sea Shanties 2. I just need to figure out two more. Um, and, yeah, I guess I could mention with uh, Strange Animation as well. Yeah, I enjoyed talking about those four movies, but I don't feel like those episodes quite... I feel like I didn't know how to guide those ones either. I feel like all of them... Ex except for the last one, I think Perfect Blue came out really good. But the other three, I feel like I needed to uh, either shape better in the editing or have a better plan going in. I feel like all of them felt a little bit like we didn't know how to handle the balance of discussing the animation versus discussing the thing itself. I feel like all of them maybe had too much focus on just talking about how it looked. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I... It's been a while for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, tried really hard with, with those ones to actually, like, bring in some, like, form of analysis that wasn't just, like, praising the animation. Yeah. Um, I, I tried really hard with... Uh, what was it? With Angel's Egg. Like, that one, I really tried, like, super hard to, like, discuss any of the sim symbolism in there, even though I'm not always, like... I can't articulate and ex and uh, fully t tell people like what I feel or like you know in an educated sort of way or intelligent sort of way. Excuse me with vocabulary. Oh yeah, and you were on point for that one. Yeah, this that was half the Isaac show because yeah, <laughs> you were definitely one the one bringing most to the table for that discussion. Thanks, I really much enjoyed that one. Yeah, I I enjoyed all of those ones. Uh, I do love going back to that Angel's Egg episode though. It's always just a hoot hearing like you know our discussion of that one yeah maybe i should go back to these yeah this this is just me scrolling through our our list and thinking about how i remember them turning out so <laughs> maybe i gotta go back um, but was there anything else besides the mea culpa section that you wanted to bring up for this to speak these here that was completely impromptu other than like me just like gonna i was just gonna quickly like uh throw myself under the bus and then like move on but we've <laughs> talked about it for a good length so uh sorry to bore you all for yes us just lamenting and like giving like oh no this guy's just lamenting that he's be canceling himself oh no what like a sad story oh no is this zuko oh my gosh <laughs> anyway um but there there have been some things that i have interact like some some medias that i've watched the past five months Mm. Uh, given that I've wanted to discuss these things with you. So bear in mind, like full upfront, I haven't thought of these in a while. I had them all planned out, you know, quite a while ago. And so, you know, going back to, you know, what I wanted to say will not be the same as what I'm about to say. So starting with the one I saw in December, <laughs> because why not? 
Caleb, uh, randomly at like 11 o'clock at night, I watched a uh, adaptation or an episode of the series, I'm trying to remember what it was, um, Agatha Christie's Poirier episodes. Poirot. Poirot. Dang it. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of it? Um, I think you probably, well, not that it matters, but. I could I could tell you the um, the episode title. Sure. Not that it would make any sense, but it was called Sad Cypress. Yeah, and I'm assuming it had some sort of impact if yeah, you want to write it down to, to mention it. The only reason I remember this, um, what is it, is because there was a certain character, or a certain actor, I was like... Why does that person like? Why? Why in the hay do I recognize this person? And it was, of course, was because it was, I believe, uh, one Kelly Riley, who was the actor who played John Watson's wife in Sherlock Holmes or Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. Excuse me. Oh, I was like, I know that face anywhere, and she was one of the uh, murder victims uh, of the episode. Um, but Praro, excuse me, um, is it's you know it's a typical one where he's in town and there's this uh, there's this heiress of this uh, of this mansion or this fortune uh, after the uh, her her uh, is it her aunt I believe uh, passes away and then it, it, she has inherited uh, all the money and the uh, uh, the estate. Um, but of course, you know, the, the, then when uh, this, this, like, you know, other person is, uh, important person is murdered, then she is framed. So it's like, it's up to Praro to figure out what's happening. And it turns out it's the maids. <laughs> the maids were doing it all along. Or the maids were the culprit all along. Damn. Spoilers. Yep. Spoilers, huh? of course, for something that came out in, when the, hey, was it? Not the book, but I just mean the, uh, the, the, the the movie that or the movie that I guess yeah TV movie that came out on December twenty six two thousand three. Oh wow! Twenty years. Ago. Oh no wonder they played it. <laughs> <laughs> what what else you got chambered? Um, well, do you um, do you, do you like have you ever watched that series or ever like you know um, had any interest in it or just like yeah I I caught some episodes here or there probably back around that time. Yeah, the early aughts, maybe the late aughts. Okay. But, you know, it's never one that I've gone back to. I've been curious to revisit it. Um, the, the actor who played Praro uh, showed up in a Doctor Who episode back in 2017. And at that time, I was like, oh, you know, hey, I remember this guy. Maybe, maybe I should go back and rewatch that show. But that was the last time I thought of it. What is his name? Sir David Shoe? Chet? Uh, Suchet, I think. Suchet, thank you, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure he, well, at least, uh, I don't remember, I think it was Wikipedia, but, you know, don't listen to it, don't believe Wikipedia. He's the most, he's the actor to have played Paro the most. Yeah, I guess that's not too surprising. Yeah. They pretty much in that BBC series tried to adapt everything she wrote about Paro. <laughs> um, the next thing, agenda, um, I guess I'll just say like I enjoyed it a lot. I was convinced that it was set in the time period, and uh, Sir David did an excellent job of uh, playing the gentleman uh, detective himself. So I, I praise all around. Definitely would watch it again. 
and more episodes, excuse me. Uh, the next thing on the agenda is the original uh, from 1975, was it? Rollerball. Oh my gosh, you watched that. Oh wow. Yep, I finally watched it. It was on the same, the same, um, I think, it was the same channel that we, my dad watched, uh, what is it? Both, it's, so I, no, 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 sorry. Uh, the one I reviewed that you just released yesterday. Um, and Logan's Run. Logan's Run, and then Westworld. That's what it is. Same channel I probably watched Westworld on. Um, but yeah, we watched it, and wow, is it interesting. Oh, yes. I've been I've been sitting on that pick for a long time to cover it, but I, I think that movie is just fantastic. Uh, I love the, the villain. Uh, is it... I can't remember his name, but he was in The Fog. But it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're more hesitant with it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was, uh, I was going to, like... What I was going to say was initial thoughts. Just like, you know, give, you know, obviously run through some stuff so I can give initial thoughts because this is not a full in-depth discussion that we do. Hmm. Ah, uh, hmm. Initial, how, how to interview for this? <laughs> You've done it before. Do it again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's been a while for this one. Uh, James Caan. I feel like this is one of his defining uh, roles, at least for me. How do you, you feel like he carried that movie? I think he did a good job with it. It was an interesting future as well, where um, it's the whole. It's one of those like the whole universe revolves around the sport, or you know something. And in this, it was like entertainment by way of. Was it like it's been a while? Sorry, but it's like by like sacrificing these guys and like you know in the end. At first, I thought when they were like facing Japan, I was like when they said no penalties, I was like, wait, so how are they gonna play if they're like every? This is me mis like misjudging it, or this is me like not understanding it fully. But like when the when the when the Houston team faces off Japan, they're like no rule, no penalties. I'm like, how are like knowing hockey? It's like how are they gonna fight or how are they gonna? play how's the game going to end without like there being so many penalties and i realized hmm. oh there is no penalties oops <laughs> that's a uh, i did not realize that wow so in the end it literally was just like a blood sport <laughs> yeah there is no end the point is yeah putting them through the grinder for the public to and that that i guess is sort of like john wick the end with james Conn's character because in a way, he also is trying to pointlessly push against the machine in a self-destructive kind of mode that isn't really going to accomplish anything. But I feel like there's more of a, a point in that movie about it than they did with John Wick. But. Oh yeah, this is a classic sci-fi movie, even though it has like a almost American Gladiator bent to it, even though it was doing American Gladiator before American Gladiator, 10 years beforehand. Um it was. I, I love the look of the film. I mean, I, again, that can't just yeah. be like you know the only thing, but like the story, like the the interesting fact that like like people or almost like like women or other like I, I think it's women or just women are like lent out to other people and like as a social status symbol. Like, geez, that was that was yeah. interesting. Furniture, yeah, they called them <laughs> clothes, almost in a way. Good grief. Um, there's a whole like side plot about like uh, a liquid computer, which was interesting, or liquid memory or whatever that is, which obviously could be like, ah, it's one of those 70s things where it just goes <laughs> off. And it's like the, the robot from uh, Logan's Run where it's just like, did that really need to happen? But um, 
it was it, talk about a computer from back in the day and it was like 20 i don't remember what year like logan's run spoiler or Logan's run, uh rollerball supposed to take place but like yeah the 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 physicality and the the way the game was played i thought was really well acted um mm. yeah, I, I, yeah no like just high praise all around yeah and yeah, i'll save some of it because it's definitely going to be i mean i've been sitting on it for ages to pull it out i've been just been trying to figure out a way to because we i feel like we do more series these days than individual picks so i've been trying to find a series for it i mean it's going to be that like in the same vein as westworld as logan's run so you know mega man like all those like science fiction films from the 70s yeah i guess that could be a good yeah pairing for it it's like Oh, and I guess to clear my clear the air, uh, 2001 had excellent effects. Like I said, that like the effects for like Logan run, Logan's run. Well, Eric thinks they were you know cheapened out or anything like that. I thought they looked really good, and then I said like, but then Star Wars came in and broke everything. It's like no, 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 you idiot. 2001 is a masterpiece, and the the technic on the technical level, like that movie is is really good with its effects. Hey, no disagreements there, and we'll we'll hash this out when we eventually get to those yeah Doctor Strange Love and 2001 with the three of us. Uh, but like science fiction films in between 2001 and Star Wars, <laughs> that's that's what I'm that's what I'm unofficially calling it. Yeah, no, that that could be a, a really cool series actually. That there's a lot of great films in there, and yeah. we'll only count Planet of the Apes one because I mean, unless there's any merit with the other sequels, we can do the se- sequels as its own series. Yeah, maybe the sequels are its own series. Yeah, but hey, look at this. You're scheduling again. <laughs> Trust me, I already like look. The only good thing that came about my uh, me canceling myself uh, <laughs> earlier is that when I listened to some of these series, I was like, "Oh right, there's there's things that we still need to do." Oh god. Um, yeah. Like there's still we still gotta watch the man thing pilot or like move tv movie we still gotta watch generation x we still gotta watch power pack um you still gotta show me lex there's that mantis show you wanted to show me it's like there's so much stuff we gotta do yeah and at least some of those are on the schedule for 2026 uh okay got it so 2036 is uh is looking to be the year when we finally get all to, to all that stuff yeah, once the Marvel train starts rolling in 2026, because you... 2028. Your, your embargo's up in 2028, and there's a lot of stuff pre-MCU. Oh, right, we got to start that. So two years ahead of time is when I'm going to start unveiling Howard the Duck and the Doctor Strange TV movie and Man-Thing and, yeah. No, 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 you forgot about it all start. Well, not all start, but don't forget those Captain America movies. Yeah, and if we don't get to Spider-Man by then, we'll squeeze that in. No, that's the first thing we do. Also, I guess we technically have to do, um, I guess, the TV movie Hulk, or, yeah, Hulk, Hulk TV movie with Daredevil. We could do all, all, I think it's five of the Hulk TV movies that came after the series. We could do all those. I think they're all interesting. But, yeah, this, this is scheduling talk that, yeah, maybe we'll save for another day. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't, can't talk about it. So, um, any other questions, sir, regarding, like, Rollerball? Or, am I saying it right? Um... I guess I could just ask a stupid question, but would you recommend it to the listeners? I would definitely recommend it. And if you want to see the one with Elliot Page... Wait, was it Elliot Page? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen the remake. Uh, it's got Paul Heyman in it, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I don't know where you can find it other than like you know purchasing a uh, physical copy of it. I don't know what 
uh, streaming service it is on, but if you get the chance to find it, I would definitely recommend watching it. Yep, I agree. It's yeah, it's, it's one of the things that when I think of James Caan, I think of his performance in that movie. And I think, yeah, he's just so captivating in it. And and some of those, those yeah, scenes of the sport, that's some, like, nail-biting stuff watching those scenes. It's, it's brutal, and it's fast-paced. It's great. And the, 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 not, well, the action itself is actually meant to be on screen. Like, it's actually practical. Or at least it has yeah. a reason to be there. Because that's the point of this this uh, the, the the movie, um, and there's also some social commentary in there. But I, I'm not as of right now. I don't think I'm. I don't. I don't have the knowledge to uh, convey all that, and I, I don't remember much of it. So, but I know yeah. there's some social commentary in there. Yeah, that's safe for the real review. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the real discussion. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what else you got? Because, yeah, I don't have any... I, I think I went through all of my speakeasy notes when we did our January one. Yes. All my chambered discussions, so... I mean, yeah, do you have any other, like... Have you recently seen any new stuff at all? Or, I mean, I guess, could I prod you on, like, the Super Mario Brothers movie? Uh, I feel like I'll save that. Yeah, uh, that's true. I guess, because I am going to watch that one, so... And actually, have you watched any... Uh, did you watch Guardians 3? I'm not seeing that until the the 21st of this month. Okay. Uh, did you see Quantumanium? <laughs> no, I've still not seen that. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Okay. Um, uh, I will say that I saw um, Tetris a little while ago. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's uh, is that on? Yeah. Yeah, that's on Apple TV, correct? Apple TV Plus. Yes, Plus. Yeah, <laughs> Taron Edgerton. Really intriguing story. Um, I I know that there's definitely some exaggerations, but I had no idea that the, the history of Tetris was so fraught, and I had no idea that it was produced uh, during the the late '80s. I thought it was a lot older for some reason. For some reason I thought that game was uh, one of the first of the you know the video game. Uh, uh, what would you say like? beginnings or i don't know how to put it <laughs> you mean like the sequel to pong yeah maybe late very early 80s you know i was thinking something like that i didn't realize that it came out you know around the, the same time of the fall of the soviet union that's just crazy <laughs> and that a huge part of its early you know release was tied up with the game boy that's just so crazy to think that tetris is that young so is this a tv series or is this a movie it's a movie yeah okay uh and does it have the problem that i had with um the i want to dance with somebody biopic of does it have is it a standard um greatest hits biopic um it could be i again that this story was completely new to me i didn't know anything about any of it coming in i hadn't seen a trailer all i knew was okay this is nominally Related to video games, I'm doing the video game retrospective. Now playing podcast is covering this eventually, so I better watch it. <laughs> and so coming in with completely blank like that, it was all new to me and it was all thrilling. And just, I love the minutia of those kind of stories where there'll be scenes of characters just going over, uh, like, going over the contracts for rights and distribution. Yep. And they'll be like, whoa, like, I just, you know, I just realized that these people actually don't have the, the rights in this this region, and I can see that stuff being really boring to people. But for for me, I find all that stuff 
fascinating, and I, I, I loved all the different back and forths in terms of that stuff. In real life, it's boring. On film, it's exhilarating to you. Yes. <laughs> like, so, somehow they make paperwork, yeah, excuse me, paperwork compelling. Yep. There was a scene with, with just someone going through paperwork and passing it back and forth, and it's heightened because they're dealing with these Soviets who are extremely uninviting. They're nervous about any sort of businessman because... You know, they've one, it's a threat to their, their whole way of life in terms of how their government's set up. Their culture. And two, they assume, oh, these are Americans, they must be just scoundrels and trying to scam us. And so there's a scene with just going through back and forth, trying to get through to these Ruskies about how the rights actually work. And it was tense, it's a super tense, exhilarating scene. And I was just, I was entranced. As tense as, as a t- uh, excuse me, as tense as a scene from Queen's Gambit. I wouldn't say as tense as that, no. <laughs> and I will say that it made some odd stylistic choices of trying to emulate a video game in ways that did not feel realistic to the movie. It just felt like, okay, this now it feels like you're giving us a gimmick because you realize that this is a very unappealing movie to potentially video game fans. There's very little action. It's all diving into minutia of paperwork and some you know, home life, like, oh no, you're becoming obsessed with this game and you're forgetting your family and stuff like that. And so every now and again, they threw in these little bits that were like, oh, look, this is kind of video gamey. Do you like this? And I was like, ah, I didn't need any of that. But <laughs> I mean, let's let's argue with it now because, I mean, here's, here's what I'm going to bring to the table. I don't, like, even though I haven't watched it, I, I don't think this should be on our list of video games because I think this is more... Uh, what, from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's more the behind the scenes of how Tetris was made. Yeah, I wouldn't call that like a video game. Like it's it's a movie based of like talking about the history of a video game and how where its origins were, but it's not like Tomb Raider twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, with Elisa Vikander. So, like, I don't think it should be on our list. Yeah, this is removed enough because we have the movies based on video game series, live action movies, I should say, mostly. Yep. yep. And then I've been planning in the background our sister series of movies that are about video games, like Tron, like a Wreck-It Ralph, those kind of things. Okay, okay. This one, I'm not even sure if it would constitute that because, yeah, it has, it has nothing to do with an actual video game like world. It's... I don't know. Maybe we need to flesh out those details more. Yeah, maybe we need to. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, you're right. We have to like be more. Uh, bring some rules here. Like set some yeah. ground rules here. Of like, I wouldn't mind. I have no problem with discussing this movie in depth. Uh, but like, it's it would almost be like just a solo series, like a, a solo uh comment or not commentary, but solo discussion. Sorry, not solo discussion, but one off. There we go. Uh, it's not a part of any series. I I, I don't care. Yeah, I might have to go in and rewrite your contract for the video game series. I might have to, yeah, get, get into the minutia there of how we're going to... Oh, brother, yeah, because <laughs> I signed it in my blood. So I have to, like, overrule that blood. Exactly. With, something, yeah. with new blood. <laughs> There'll be a very tense, yeah, sequence of events as we go through it. Yeah, And I'll have my lawyer as an intermediary. You have to go through him to... Oh, oh yes, lovely. Of course, yeah. I guess that's true. It'll, it'll take, like, you know, half a year to discuss, and by 2050, exactly. we'll find, it'll finally come out. Yeah, everyone, this, by the way, everyone, this is behind the scenes. This is how our, yeah, our setting up our new series actually works, yeah. 
write up a contract. Yeah, I pay in blood, and Caleb pays uh, with booze. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or, or not. Sorry, that was. That was <laughs> hey, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> um. Anyways, but yeah, still, uh, would you recommend? Uh, if, uh, of course, if you want to say anything else, please. But would you recommend Tetris to people? Absolutely. The, I, yeah. I guess is is it like good enough for people like it's a must watch that they have to go out and if they don't have apple tv plus they have to sign up for a subscription to watch this film um i would say if you have a free trial absolutely take that free trial and cancel immediately and then watch this program um <laughs> but I, i'm not sh- i'm not sure if it's something to rush out to see because i feel like I'll, this isn't a type of movie that would appeal to a lot of folks um i watched it with my my partner and she was she thought it was okay, but I walked away being like, wow, that was, I wasn't expecting anything at all. I had no idea what this was going to be, and I, I'm very impressed by it. So, I mean, you are a gamer, so even though, you know, you probably, like, picked up Tetris once in a while, or, like, there's there's been, like, somewhere you played Tetris at one point, there's, there's an oh. appreciation where it's just like, yeah, I could probably approach that. Kidding me? I had Tetris for my Game Boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. For my my Game Boy that wasn't a color even, I had Tetris. Ah, <laughs> kind of an OG almost we have here. Yes. So not a full OG still. Yeah, and I, I I still every now and again I actually don't have Tetris on my phone, but I have one of the Tetris knockoff games. So, <laughs> so I still play that every now and again, but I try not to play it too often because I get addicted and then. Nice. Uh, fucking tetris like who like what do you expect it's an awesome game yeah i used to play it all the time to fall asleep but then i realized hey wait a minute i'm staying up way later because i'm playing <laughs> this for ages so definitely a video game i'd recommend everybody play uh it i don't yeah. think makes i don't think it makes you stupider yeah in this movie they spend a lot of time raving about the simplicity and the brilliance of tetris and i 100 percent agree with them yeah it's it's so like it honestly can be addicting like yeah it, they they have that they got that loop they got that like almost dopamine loop of like you know trying to get a person in on something and it doesn't even feel like a gimmick yeah it's it's just complicated enough it's just frustrating enough but at the same time it has like almost a relaxing quality to it because there is that you know you know what you're getting when you play tetris i i, I can really get that that's why i would play it before bed because it was just like a little relaxer it's like playing a game of Sudoku before going to bed. Or trying to solve a Sudoku puzzle. Sorry, I can't play a game. <laughs> well, for some people, Sudoku's a game. I mean, it was much better than the, the video game movie that I watched a few weeks later when I finally bit the bullet and checked out Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, obviously not too much into that because, you know, we're going to talk about that when we get around to it. Yeah, I won't say much except to say that it's currently playing for free on youtube um so check it out if you want to see ua bull or ua bull i always forget to say his name to see him yeah just fucking up the far cry franchise i mean yeah it's it's weird we we played far cry a little bit the two of us i think i've i've 100 percented far cry 3 like i got all the trophies in far cry 3 i even had to drag this guy along play the multiplayer with me and it was yes grueling <laughs> and it was our version oh. of like going through nom still it was <laughs> tedious and split screen is a thing anyways yeah, uh, i was doing it for you i was suffering through it i was like oh man 
Yeah, I owe you one. I definitely uh, owe you six grueling long chapters of hell. Um, and wow, is it that long? Mm. Yeah, Blood Dragon is just legendary. It's Ubisoft is trying to capture. I think I may now. Obviously, I, I can't like speak on like all the DLCs they've come out with or standalone uh, spinoff games they've come out with with for Far Cry, but. After Blood Dragon was released, they literally tried to like find like lightning and like recapture lightning in a bottle again. And <laughs> I don't think you can. That game is just like so awesome. Yes, and I played that one that was like the, I think it was called Primal. Yep, the uh, prehistoric uh, caveman one. Yeah, I probably put like four or five hours into that game, and yeah, it just it never quite hit. I was always every time I sat down to play it, it felt like I was having to. Be like, okay, you know, get in the mood to play this game and, and try to embrace it. And it got to be, I was like, why, why am I trying to embrace a game that I played five hours of and I just haven't yet? So I moved on. But <laughs> wait, wait till he plays Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that discussion one day. It's, well, yeah, I won't say anymore. <laughs> I've actually been trying to watch it for about two years but I never wanted to pay for the damn DVD because it was like thirty bucks. I was like, no, no, no. As I as I legendarily said, that made Johnny laugh. You gave that man money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other DVDs of his that I bought, yeah, they were just uh, from the thrift store. But <laughs> actually, no, that's not true. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I forgot about in the name of the king. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Yeah. So, would you recommend Far Cry? <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend that everyone watch it in preparation for our commentary or discussion. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet with that one. Yeah, I guess that is true. So far for all of them, we've done it with commentaries. Yeah, except for Need for Speed. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Yeah. But I would say uh, it's it's not the worst of the UA Bowl uh, video game-based movies. So that's, that's something positive. Um... Yeah, okay. Uh, nothing else much to comment. Caleb, this is a little bit of a preview, and maybe this is me going back to my um, not great past, but I saw a trailer for the upcoming Transformers film, Rise of the Beasts. Mm, yeah. Not a good trailer. Not, not a good trailer. I was not impressed by the uh, direction of the trailer, and I think it was... At least the trailer was not for me. That's not, that is not me saying uh, the movie's bad. I just said the trailer did not impress me. And the trailer, I don't think, was well-directed. Uh, if if we talk about the same trailer, I agree. Um, did this one feel more like a teaser than a full trailer, or was it a full trailer? If it's about like a minute or so long, then like sure. Yeah, did it feel like we got a whole bunch of glimpses, like we see... Uh, the in the heights guy like getting in a car and seeing the Transformers logo on the steering wheel and uh no I think I saw the full on trailer oh okay then maybe I haven't seen that okay mm. yeah no. um this is still set in the nineties Optimus Prime is there and they still want to treat it as though two thousand seven is in canon do they because mm. I know Eric claims that that's what Bumblebee did and. They, it's like a soft reboot. It's like some things happened, some things didn't. But we'll, we'll get to it, I guess. We, uh, we definitely will. But if they're finally giving me what I want, we'll see. I can't, I can't speak anything other than like just. 
Yeah. So kind of pointless discussion. You can cut that if you want, but no, it's 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 where your thoughts are now. Before we've it's been a while since we've returned to the Transformers series, and I'm looking forward to watching a six, even though it's entirely pointless. Oh, why pointless? We'll get to it. Oh, yeah, and I'm still hoping you know one of these days maybe, especially now that your scheduling uh, muscles have been flexed more, that you'll. Schedule out those pilots for us to check out and or individual episodes. So, so yes, no, I forgot about that. <laughs> but I feel like we're I feel like we're winding down. You know, it's it's starting to the bar is starting to clear out, and I realized yep. we should have closed half an hour ago, but we just kept talking. Of course. Uh, one, one quick thing. Hang on, sir. Sure. All right. So the last discussion, or at least you know, uh, what I what I personally saw or like I watched. Caleb watched the, the late ninety late eighties or early nineties Pet Cemetery. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, and, and how how'd you come away from that one? Did you see the recent remake? Uh, the one that they were that like the trailer was touting like we're proud, we are proud to like show you all that this is a Stephen King adaptation and we are proud of the it remake mm. that was yeah. what I got from the trailer um, and I was like okay <laughs> okay so I guess you didn't see it <laughs> no I didn't see it well that's good then yeah no no spoilers or anything coming into this one uh, yeah no yeah certainly not um, no iconography either, either because boy does that one have a personality yeah uh again i know i mean okay maybe i'm uneducated i'm probably am but like does king not like that adaptation hmm, that's a good question i don't i don't know if i've heard him say anything about that one hmm. maybe him saying nothing is a good thing could be yeah yeah because i mean other than like i'm pretty sure he's still a fan of stand by me correct i think so yeah okay um but anyways, uh, so uh, uh, if, if, if you will, uh, the, the discussion questions, please. Oh boy, it's been like ten years or more since I've seen that one, so I don't even remember the cast or. Uh... Well, first off, are you uh, okay with that film, or are you just like not 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 feeling it? Um, I remember liking it, but again, it's been like ten years. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't really remember too much about that one. Uh. How, did you find it scary at all? Did you feel like it worked in terms of a horror movie? Yeah, no, as a horror film, uh, especially with the end bits, even though I like... When when uh, the mother went into the house with... The, the neighbor's house, excuse me, to like find her son, her you know zombie or whatever you want to call it, son. <laughs> uh, I think it was pretty effective at what was happening. I kept waiting for the, you know, the son to come out because that, that was the whole point. Um, but I, yeah, no, I, I think it was well shot. Uh, I think all the scares and spooks were, were definitely there. Um, next question, please. Yeah. What about the cast? I remember, I remember the old man. I wish I remember the character's name. I remember thinking that he was quite interesting in that movie, but how, how do you feel like the rest of the cast all filled out? I think it all worked out pretty well, uh, for them. I think they were all cast well. I think there was some stuff that at least in the in the script uh was was left out or maybe not script but from the book that obviously they had to like make changes um and have you read pet cemetery probably assume you have um 
I've read all but like the last 120 pages. Oh man. Yeah, I went away, I was reading it, I went away to camp, and I came back and I just never picked it up again. <laughs> Interesting. So I I still even have my, my bookmark sitting in there. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I, I keep, one day I'm going to go back and yeah, reread it. But that's going to be my next question to you. Does, uh, having watched the movie, does it make you want to read the book? Uh, I think it should, actually. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think about that, but, like, it's one of those, like, a it's in my backlog of like, yeah, Stephen King at some point. <laughs> like I have, I have nothing against the, the King, but it's just like, I don't know if he was still under cocaine by this point. Is this before, is Pet Cemetery before, I mean, book wise, is this before or after it? Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure before, I feel like it was 83 maybe, or maybe that was a movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was before. Yeah. It. Okay. Um, I will, I will probably say, like, because I, I, I did read some stuff on TV Tropes. Again, I shouldn't be doing this, but, like, I hear, I, I, if I remember correctly, like, the, the father figure was actually, or the father himself was kind of a not-so-nice man to his, his daughter and son, I believe. So it was just, like, like he was a jerk to them, I guess. Just, you know, that's, that's how. Because the whole point of that book is for King to write something so, like, horrid that... It's just like, it, not taboo, but just like the fact that the child gets, you know, pancaked by uh, a semi-truck. It's just like, how could you do that? Hmm. Um, which, yeah, they, they set that up early in the film and it's like brilliant. Uh, obviously, they don't show the son's body. But when the son comes back, I was like, okay, I assume mystic, hmm. like there had to be some mysticism involved to like repair the body. Because, or else he would have like shown up as like a, a human mat yeah that's fair yeah that's interesting that, that's not a criticism that we don't worry that's just me like poking fun at it making fun of it in a way <laughs> yeah so you ultimately feel you came away uh, pretty positive with that one i definitely would watch this film again again i don't know the reputation that this film has with other people mm. but i will say the dis like the most disturbing scene i i, I found and this is personal taste for me. This is not like this is not, this is like the, the, the scariest scene for me was not when the dad put down the, his child, because I could go along with it. I don't know. I could like I could buy that the the kid was acting, and that was a good kid actor. Like that that yeah. kid was a really like I don't know who directed that kid, but they made that kid work really well for the camera and for just like dying. So, so weird just like hey kid you're gonna die it's like okay <laughs> like somehow they made it made it work and i think the daughter also did a good job but obviously i was surprised we didn't see her in the very end or at least get a like kind of conclusion or, or some scene to like show what what's gonna happen with her fate now that her family is dead basically <laughs> she's living with her grandparents for the rest of her life but the scene that disturbed me the most and maybe this is just personal taste of course is when uh the dad put the cat down like or i guess the mm. is it zombie or is it resurrection like what are we what are we like what is, what is the term that we're calling these like people coming back from the dead it's a good question i'll just say resurrected when the when he like was fed up with like the cat yeah. you know being you know returned um and he like puts the cat to sleep with the poison Boy, that scene disturbed me. That that scene disturbed me really, like, 
Like I, 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 I almost like just wanted to walk away. I was like, I can't take this. Huh. Like something about humans being violent to animals, I can't do. Like that's the whole premises of John Wick to bring this whole conversation or this whole night back to like you know to its starting point. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There's that whole uh, Twitter feed. I think it is of uh, they kill the dog or something like that. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, as, as as Michaela told us, where it's like yes. <laughs> whether animals get harmed or whatnot. Again, of course, hopefully I, I knew that they didn't actually kill the cat. I mean, if they did, that's totally messed up in the movie, but sense. I'm sure they didn't, yeah. It wasn't an Italian film. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Or a Japanese film from a certain era as well, but... But anyway, yeah, that's... Rip, rip the octopus from King Kong vs. Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Although I think that might... Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember if it was already dead, but... Is, yeah, is that an urban legend or not? I could... Uh, you see, there you go. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I think we gotta start kicking everyone out of this bar now. Yeah, it's... Um, that's it. Too drunk that's and, it. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. Get rid of all your menus. That also has the discussion questions in the back. Like, let's... let's come on, everybody. Everybody out. Everybody out. It's there like, you go. That, that's it for now. Yeah, you have to... We're, we're getting rid of our business as usual, which is, which is not good. It's like... Should we be up for you know a lot longer? It's just like no, no, no. no. We gotta like come out at some point. Yeah, we're old now. We're getting old. It's time to go to bed. Back in my day, I used to do this for a living. Now you're kidding. I'll kick your ears. <laughs> ears. <laughs> oh, but thank you for uh, thank you for sharing this discussion with me over a few uh, a few drinks on my end and a few glasses of water on your end. And yeah, it's been it's been a good evening for me. Yes, the Super Mega Ultra Deluxe Limited Edition uh, Speakeasy has has concluded. We'll see you guys back when... uh, Whenever. There you go, yeah. And and peace. (laughs) 